Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, and that's InTheGymRange.com. Um, Rob Giannotti over there, he's a great friend of Hail to the District, and his site has awesome basketball coverage from the high school level all the way up through the NBA. There's a lot of great stuff over there, so make sure you go check it out. It's www.InTheGymRange.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Wildberries Bakery and Cafe, located in beautiful Frederick, Maryland, just a short drive up from our nation's capital. Now, guys, if you happen to be one of those poor souls who's in the middle of wedding planning, and if you are, my sincerest condolences go out to you, then let's just be real a moment. You know you're just going to end up serving your guests either the dry chicken or the dry fish. Or if you happen to be Indian like me, then you're going to end up serving them chicken tikka masala, but that's neither here nor there. The point is... Don't serve your guests shitty cake that you ended up paying an arm and a leg and maybe like had to mortgage one of your kidneys for. Wildberry's Bakery has an incredible selection of handcrafted cakes that you'll only see in some of the top bakeries in the country with a palette of flavors you won't find anywhere else at prices that are right in line, frankly, if not better than the competition. And if you order a cake from there and mention the Hail to the District podcast, you're going to get 10% off your purchase. In other words, you can keep that arm and leg and kidney and that liver that you're going to need to metabolize all the booze you're drinking at your wedding. You can just visit www.wildberriesbakery.com and you can find a link in our friends and sponsors section for more information. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to another episode of the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and less than two weeks after our last podcast, given all the news that went down starting last Friday for arguably the two top point guards in the Eastern Conference, I had to get my friends John and Neil back on the horn to break down what was John's John Wall's contract extension and Kyrie Irving's trade demands, all happening over the past weekend, or starting from Friday. Anyway... We'll get to all of those, um, starting with John Wall and the hometown Washington Wizards, who signed a four-year, $168 million contract extension, which means he's under contract with the Wizards for the next five or six seasons, we'll get into that nuance, at a cost north of $200 million. So starting off with John Wall, guys, I'll ask the really dumb question for starting the conversation or for the sake of starting the conversation. Was there any downside to this move? No. No, you had to do it. Absolutely not. They locked up John Wall through his prime. So he'll have like the longest tenure for a wizard ever, wizard slash bullet ever. So basically from 2010 to 2023, they've got John Wall. So for like his whole best part of his career, they've, they've got him locked up. And then when the, this contract's over, they can either say, thank you, sir, for the memories. It's been awesome. Good luck to you. Hope you win a championship chasing a ring or no, you're still pretty good. We want to keep you around. You know, I I think it puts him in a good spot. Yeah, it's hard not to see how this it's hard to see how this is not a win win scenario Um, because he qualified or because he made all NBA third team last season. He qualified for the designated veteran extension. They gave him the eligibility to make up to 35 percent of the cap um, instead of the typical 30 percent, which is the max if you didn't for players with seven to nine years of experience. So he gets that. It's four years tacked on to his two years. So he effectively becomes the second $200 million player in the NBA alongside James Harden. I know the contract was worth $170 million, which I also find very ironic that it was $2 million more than Otto's max. Just enough to say, you know, I'm actually the highest paid player on the team. <laughs> right? Just north of Otto's max. 
but that notwithstanding, uh, he's the second $200 million player in the NBA, like I said, alongside James Harden. Um, he gets the contract security. He gets 20% of a billion dollars, effectively. And the Wizards don't have the out the constant media or the constant you know speculation of like, oh, is John Wall upset? Is he going to leave? What's going to happen? Is there beef with him and Bradley Beal? Does he not like Otto Porter anymore? You know, is he going to go all the all the bullshit we talked about in our last podcast about him going to Atlanta, which is ridiculous, or him going to you know Los Angeles or what have you? Like, it puts all that to bed. You have your team at least for the next four years. Actually, pretty much five years. You know, four years because the other contract, like Beal's contract, will start a year early. You have them for the next four years, and you're positioned very favorably if and or when LeBron leaves the East. So can can he can still be traded, right? Like he could still get in disgruntled mode. Like now that he has a guaranteed contract, he could start getting disgruntled and be like, he has "Guys, a 15% trade me." Fifteen percent trade kicker. Exactly. So he has the fifteen percent trade kicker. He is gruntled at the moment. Let's make that clear. He has been gruntled by his deal, but he 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 has the option to be disgruntled. It's just an option we're not going to talk about. It's not going to happen. Like everything is great. He uh-huh. does have an <laughs> opt out for the last year. Exactly. Yeah, that was the player option. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So they they tried to make the the deal friendly for him to to convince him to sign it, and so that those were like kind of the two caveats. So it's interesting because as you just referenced, he's got the player option on his last contract, which is why it's not effectively he's with us for six seasons. He's with us for five plus one, and he can opt out. And if you look at it from his perspective, okay, he can opt out then under the guise that he could maybe make more money depending on what salary caps are at that time, but. If you listen to NBA Twitter and all the other you know podcasts by intelligent people out there, you know the boom that we're having in terms of NBA contract money and the way the salary cap is is going up, and it's not going up commensurate to how it has over the last few seasons. I mean, yeah, he could probably make more money just by the sense of inflation, but is it really going to be that much more to turn down whatever the last year of the contract is at that point, like whatever it is you know, based on how it goes year after year? I don't know. And at that time, he's going to be 31 years it. old. I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, like, they were complaining about cap smoothing. Like, all the money just suddenly just came in. I think they're actually going to see a decline in, like, I wouldn't um, be surprised. spikes. Yeah, I think they're just going to – it's not going to be, like, crazy. Yeah. So, exactly. So, at that point, he can still opt in at 31. And one of the things we're also seeing, given the new culture of the NBA or given the new climate of it, in terms of being wing-heavy and it's not as – I don't want to use the word favorable, but it's not as marked by the bigger guy. It's more like the wings and the players of that ilk. You know, point guards are actually becoming pretty common. Every year you've got three or four point guards in the top 15 picks. A 31-year-old point guard, I don't know how much value you're going to have outside of you know just basically paying him for all this service to the franchise. So it's not biggest like... skill is his athleticism. Right. So how, how are you guys going to feel if he tears his ACL and then like doesn't perform as well as he Shut could? up, you Derrick Rose fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, how will you guys feel? Are you guys going to turn on him? I'm very curious to see what happens. If that happens. I'm sticking my head in the sand on this one. No. Yeah, I I, I will not respond to this. Uh, Yeah, I'm putting my fingers in my ears and sticking my head in the sand. Nope. Nope, not going to happen. It depends if he says buffoonery things on Twitter. I wish him all the best. But man, when you sign those big contracts, there's always some crazy, crazy risk. And then... You can see how fan bases will turn. But that's yes. why the players sign them. Eventually, like, because they're like, well, John Wall could just wait till next year and bet that he makes another All-NBA and he can get a five-year extension at yeah, that that's point. Just or more. 
And no. it's like, take no, just take the damn money. You, you got a big fat contract in your in your face. Take the damn money, have an awesome year, and get a big fat shoe contract next summer, it's or 40, try and get one this summer. His con his extension was forty two mil a year, basically. Four years was it? Four years one like thirty five mil a year. Four years one seventy. So it's forty forty two and change forty two and a quarter. It's crazy, yeah, well, right. That's going to be, I mean, dude, if he hurts himself, that's 40 mil on your cap. It's 35%. 35% of the cap tied up. Yep. I still think the bigger question about who's going to hurt himself is there's always Bradley Beal. Like, unfortunately, as much as we have to say it, like, that's the guy. I have this delusion that he's gotten over it. He has one season of good health, and I've got this delusion, (laughs) like Steph Curry, that he got over it. You're fine. He might. Might have. I mean, it's okay to be out, like, you just don't have a major one. And I think you guys are, like, robust and young enough, but just don't play stupid, and you're fine. You don't have a coach that's going to drive you into the house. John Wall's cannonball into the, into the, uh, when he's driving the lane, that scares the hell out of me. Every time he took a nasty fall against Boston, you're like, is he going to get up? Please get up. Please get up. Every it gets time. worse in the playoffs because in the regular season, you're like, ah, well, if he just misses a week here, it's no big deal. But right. yeah, when he does that in the playoffs, every fall, every tumble, you're just terrified that it's yep. over. Yeah, it's after like, seeing Atlanta, I mean, after seeing what happened to you guys in Atlanta, of course, you're going to be scared. Exactly, because it's not even just like, all right, the ACL, God, you know, heaven forbid in any situation, it's anything lower body like that. But like, it's just like falling awkwardly on your wrist or your arm or something like that. That's what happened against Atlanta in game, what, two? Uh, you can't tell me the Wizards don't win that in five or six games if Wall was healthy. They were the better team. They were a better team for stretches when Wall wasn't there. But you know, such is life with the Wizards. That's the curse of being a DC sports. So fan. now the real question is, how do the Wizards get better? That's still like the. So I'm I'm ecstatic that Wall signed. Um, I'm actually surprised that he that he signed this early. I was kind of taken off guard. I didn't expect it, and I actually yeah. didn't believe it till I saw the video of him. Well, when you said announcing said David Aldridge, I was like, all right, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's banked then. Like, it Come wasn't, on. It, it you, wasn't some hobo. But I, we but were I saw, like, saying the, he was going to sign last week, man. We were, you know, yeah, everybody's we like, he's he going to wait. Sign, no, like, I said he's going to sign immediately. He's going to sign immediately. He was going to sign so quick. Well, we gotta go back when you see those zeros, man, maybe it was the player option that did it, but you just you, you just dream about those zeros, and then you just worry that something's going to be pulled. I'm a DC sports <laughs> fan. I expected to be tortured. I so, expected like October fifteenth. Okay, now John Wall signs. Not not July. But if you look at the history of the franchise, at least under the Grunfeld regime, and I use that term very lightly, um, they're not afraid of spending to keep their guy in town and doing whatever it takes. I mean, let's not forget, this is the franchise who handed Gilbert Arenas $110, $111 million and preemptively extended Andre Blatch, just in case. They preemptively, on like his second or third year of his deal, went ahead, like, anticipating the lockout that was going to come, and they went ahead and extended Andre Blatch. Like, to keep just so things, we could amnesty him. Just so they can amnesty him. But to keep things together, <laughs> and to make sure they're like, alright, well... On a 1 through 10 scale, we definitely don't want to be a 2. But now that we're a 6, let's keep everything at a 6. They will overspend to do that. And I think at some capacity, yeah, they're doing that with Wall. They're like, all right, we know we're at a 7 out of 10. We know we're at an 8 out of 10, whatever you believe they are. We know we can't, theoretically, injury notwithstanding, get worse than this. So let's just spend all the money, give Otto 170, give Wall 170, and just keep everything all the same. We already gave it to Beal last year, and we'll make do. And then 
you know, but at least like everybody agrees that Wall is at least deserving of it. He's he's that freaking good. Yeah, he and absolutely. Beal still has a ton of potential. Like, what's Beal? Twenty two, twenty three. I think he's twenty three. Yeah, he's still so young he's, as hell. He's still young, and he's getting better every year. He's getting better. He's getting better. So. The, so, the only one that's like still, I still the auto one. I still question. You have to question it. I mean, it's, it's one so of those things. Money. It's 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 a total damned if you do and damned if you don't. We went through a light version of this with Bradley Beal that like you can't not sign him, but can you give him this much money? Yeah, but at we, least Bradley Beal has um, has star potential. I was like, going to say Bradley well, Beal probably. It's the potential, but the worry last year was always: Are you going to pay him that much money to play like sixty to seventy to eighty percent right. of the games? But at least you can say, if Bradley Beal is in an all-star game, you're not going to be surprised. If Otto Porter makes an all-star game, you're going to be like, what was wrong that year? Oh, that's because the East is going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible. So to that yeah. point, building on that, this is going to sound completely and utterly ridiculous if I say this, but hear me out for a second. How close are the Wizards to being an Eastern Conference, quote-unquote, and I hate that I'm using this term, super team? And what I say that is because you have three max contracts or three max players. Now, again, whether you qualify Otto Porter as a max player yeah. and Bradley Beal as a max you, player. You have three team. guys you're paying the max you have to. Three, <laughs> but you have three guys. You have at least one swingman type guy and two all-star caliber players. If LeBron or when LeBron leaves the East, does that suddenly make Washington a favorable destination? I know Washington never has been a favorable yes, destination. Yes, but they won't have the cap agency. space because Ernie's gummed it up. you got to get ring chasers. Yeah. Well, they've got to get off the Mahimi contract. Gortat's going to be and off Gortat's the books gonna soon. Gortat's going to be gone. Yeah. Um, and then Keith will be gone, which will suck because he's he's at least cheap. What a but great the, value he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. So they have a legitimate top four starting lineup. Top four in the NBA starting lineup. By all like measures and statistics, they have a top four starting lineup. The problem is, is that when they're not together, they suck. Right, you put you swap out any one of those five guys. Well, any one of the first four guys, not no, irrespective of whoever plays center. You swap any one of those four out, and all of a sudden everything drops off a cliff. Yes, totally. The thing that I keep so that's why you could say they are a, a a super team or whatever for the East. What I find interesting in this is that let's just assume LeBron's leaving. And I think after the muck that Cleveland's in right now, we're obviously going to be diving more into that momentarily or in a few minutes. Um, I, I, I can't see how LeBron stays. I mean, then again, who knows? But like, it's really hard to see, given what a shit show that's turned out to be, where LeBron is going to be like, no, I'm going to go ahead and finish my career in Cleveland. So let's say he leaves, right? Just say for the sake of argument, he goes to L.A. For the next two to four years at least, the Eastern Conference is going to be Boston and Washington. Like, there's nobody else in the Eastern Conference. Maybe you know Philadelphia, but like, who else is going to be in the watch, Eastern Conference? Watch out for Riles. I bet Riles will pull something to, See, to get himself back in there. I'm not going to buy into the Riles loss as fastball because he couldn't do anything this year. Although you handed Kelly Olynyk way too much money, as we said in the last pod. But yeah, I was going to say Philadelphia, and then Toronto. No, Orlando. No, Toronto's worth five, Milwaukee. Seven years away. Milwaukee, maybe if they get the right pieces together. I mean, they're close, and as long as you have Giannis, like, okay, you can be in the conversation. But who else? Like, this kind of becomes a two-man race, or a two-team race, rather, 
And I mean, Boston is markedly ahead of us. Like, even as much as Wizards fans, we don't want to admit that. Yeah, as long as you've got Gordon Hayward there and Al Horford, even though he's a bitch, like, you know, they're they're better than us right now. Not even and they have a lot of cap room, man. They have a and lot they have the room. assets. I mean, it's yeah the, the much-discussed assets. You have Jason Tatum and whatever Jalen Brown turns out to be, and yada, yada, and three first-round picks next year and, and yeah. all that shit. So, like, yeah, and you've they, got that. Yeah. Two years, they're going to fill their bench out with all the. You're going to see them go down two years from now, though. Like, you know, they're going to. Jay Crowder won't be there in two years. They're going to have to pay Mark Smart. It is a good thing, but like he he fills their bench with cheap. He's like seven mil. He's less than eight mil a year. I think everyone loves Jay Crowder's contract. They don't love Jay Crowder. Absolutely, that's how it is with most players, though, right? No, we love Keith. We love Keith and his price. Well, we love Keith because he's hilarious. Right. Keith is the Suge Knight of Death Row. Like, of Death Row DC. <laughs> like, of course we're going to love him. You park at his parking spot and he will unleash hell on you. I'm just thinking, imagine that in my head anyway. I don't have any evidence to back that up. But, yeah. It, so, they're going to need to make a big move in order to leapfrog Boston or really to be even com- be competitive for, with Boston assuming Cleveland is out of the way, and as you've said twice, John, that really depends on, one, we don't have the money right now, and two, can Ernie stop getting in his own way with these idiotic deals that he keeps signing year after year after year? I mean, this team legitimately is like one and a half really good players away, or like one really good player, one, dare I say his name, DeMarcus Cousins away from being, you know, really good. Cousins' problem is... Ted has to be willing to pay the luxury tax big time because the, I still think uh, the, the only trade you have for Cousins is Gortat, Ubre, and draft picks. Whatever it is, one, two, firsters, whatever it is, you send it to him, but he's still a free agent this summer. Um, I'm pretty sure they would have their his bird rights so they yeah. could go over the cap to sign him, they would just basically blow all their mid-level exceptions and all that garbage and a bunch of ramifications to do so, and they would be a, a luxury tax-paying team. So will Ted pay it to bring Cousins here? Because if they get Cousins here, the, I think they would be the one seed easy. Oh, yeah, easily they would win the East. And, and uh, uh, don't they rival... Golden State. I'm not going to go that far. Uh, well, so Golden State always it would suffers. Be fun with to a, watch. It would they be have fun. a hard time with a big man, dude. Like that's always their problem. Is the is I the don't big know. Guy. Zaza's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. All you not need is a competent big man and a guy who can feed him the ball, and you're going to have Golden State in a in a tough spot. But the the great thing about Cousins is he can still step back and he can hit the three. Cousins so is he, actually not a he bad three point shooter. Even more floor spacing. So you don't want him. Yeah, but you don't. Room. You're not going to put him at the three. You're not going to have him shoot threes like regularly. You damn right, I am. Every now and then, because you just clear it out. You just say, "Wall, Cousins, step back." Give Wall all the room he needs and let him do things, and then he kicks it out. A Wall, a wall and Boogie um, pick and roll would be a lot Pick of and roll? That would be a Disastrous. lot of fun. And then I, you still have the, the Keith uh, alley-oop play that works all the time. 60% of the time, it works every time. Right. 
I, yeah, all of the, all of those, I just imagine Wall in my head being the boogie whisperer, and I just, I, I want it to happen. I think everybody at this point wants it to happen because now that Kate, now that Kevin Durant is gone, it's like, well, shit, what do we have left? Um, I don't know. The Ted luxury tax point is very legitimate. That's the scary part. Like, I don't think he, I don't think he'll pay it. Not, not unless the the they get more national televised te- games, more fans well, show up, they jack up the ticket prices, and they really again, start raking in the money. They will get. They will definitely get more TV time. Yeah, absolutely, get more TV time. But I'm do, just trying to market to Ted. What I do think is interesting is I do think the Wizards are if if New Orleans happen to say, okay, you know, Gortat's expiring. Ubre in a couple of ones, I think Washington makes it 10 times of 10. My point is, I actually think they're ready. They would be willing to move um, Ubre for the right price or for the right deal. I don't think they're like, you know, this is a guy like, like for with Jalen Brown as an example in Boston, they're like, no. And I know that Ubre was a 14th pick and Jalen Brown was the third pick, but they're like, no, we're not including him in the deals. Like, that's just a non starter, right? I don't think that's the case with Ubre right now. I think if the right deal, i.e. a boogie, were to present itself, I don't think Grunfeld's astute enough to make that type of deal, but like if that deal were to present itself, yeah, I do think they would move him. Absolutely. I wish people no. cared about expiring contracts because well, they don't. Gortat, Gortat's a perfect one. No, he's got two years left. Damn it, does His, he have two years left? Yeah, yeah, he's got two years. He'll be a free agent in 2019. Fucking God. So, oh, so much for but expiring. But he's cheap. But he's cheap. <laughs> Say, so he's uh like, he's twelve million this year. He's thirteen and a half next year. Yeah, just under twelve point eight this year, and about thirteen point five six next year. It's not in today's <laughs> NBA. That's not a bad contract. I think you're gonna just Jan Mahimi. You're gonna have you're gonna just deal with what you have with uh like for next year. It's the 2018-19 season. You're probably gonna trade Gortat, and you might even wave Jan. You just might wave the dude. You might try to buy him out or something. The no, guy is. They could, they could wave him and stretch his uh, salary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like okay, we effed up, but now we have like you know some money to spend on people. If you guys really wanted to win, that is. Yeah, and that that's a big if. Good lord, New Orleans! I'm looking at New Orleans roster. It's like, what the hell is this? Well, that's what scares me about the the Tim Frazier trade was, they're like. New Orleans, wait, traded this guy to us for a second-round pick? And I'm like, don't they need a backup point guard more than us? They They really do. They're just a bunch of big guys and then, like, random, very random pieces. Um, Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins does have his bird rights, so those are going to retain. I don't know. We can all talk about DeMarcus Cousins who are blue in the face. I don't think it's going to happen because Ernie Grunfeld is not competent enough to make it happen. I do feel like they constructed this team, and they're going to run it back three or four years in a row um, because that's going to be good enough to get them four playoff games, a minimum two, maximum four playoff games every year, and then it is what it is. I will take it, though. Such optimism. I mean, that's just... That, that's it's, it's DC realism. That's exactly. <laughs> I, I think then at that point you should just start, you know, posturing for playoff seeding. And so you can get like a really crappy team in the second round. Like go shoot for the Toronto's in the second round. I mean, there, there's at that point you're gonna want to start losing games so you can get into the finals, at least conference finals. 
The door is wide open. The thing that I kept going back to after Wall signed and like it just flashed into my head. The door for this team to potentially get into the NBA Finals is a lot more wide open given what happened with one LeBron or what could happen with LeBron leaving and two this core together. Like if if the he- heavens align and it never aligns in DC, but if the heavens were to align and you could get one more player here somehow some magical way. If LeBron's gone, the door's open. Yeah. Okay, so now they've got a good good uh, three year run right now. We've talked about the Cavaliers enough. Let's just go ahead and address the other elephant in the room. Um, Kyrie blew up everyone's Twitter and their workday basically last Friday, whenever it was, when the reports emerged that he demanded a trade from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I find the story really interesting because there are a lot of layers to this onion, but it really, at a macro level, came down to two key facts. Number one. We learned that he no longer wants to play in the, sh- the shadow of LeBron James. And two, he sees the writing on the wall that this team could be disassembled, you know, once LeBron leaves and, and all everything goes to hell. And David Griffin, not David Griffin, sorry, Dan Gilbert writes another letter in the newspaper with Comic Sans font and all that fun stuff. Is there a number three that Kyrie's a bitch? Well, so that's the other thing. Like, he wants his own team. You know, I, I've said it a hundred times. He smell. He, he just he reminds me so much of Stefan Marbury 2.0 that I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, yes, he's a gifted scorer. He's a gifted creator. I don't think that's the right word, but a gifted ball dribbler. He's a gifted finisher. Yes, he's extremely. Maybe one of the best in the maybe The best, the best in the finisher NBA. I've ever seen. I'm the guy still, doesn't miss. I'm he just crashes the rim. I'm still giving that to Iverson. Sorry. I, I just don't oh, I'm still no, giving it to Iverson. I give it, I'm no. giving it to Kyrie right now. I'm giving it to Kyrie. He's amazing. But no. the, the Stefan Marbury comp is, is pretty dead on because he demanded a trade out of uh, Minnesota to get away from Garnett. And then his career fell apart. And I'm like, this is kind of on the same level. Like, everybody wants to play with LeBron James. You play with LeBron James. You fit perfectly with LeBron James. Yet you want your own team? Like, no, get well, the hell he out wants, of here. He wants all the perks of being the man. Like, there was, there was always a lot of, like, LeBron gets all his boys on the planes, and he, he gets, like, a lot of treatment yeah. that Kyrie doesn't get. Um, yeah. But Kyrie also signed the deal, like, his, you know, the, the extension with the Cavs without knowing anything about LeBron coming back. And he had he no was say. salty about that. He was really kind of pissed, man. Like, I mean, LeBron like, had to, like, have the face-to-face to calm him down and shit. Like, can you imagine that, like, he must have gone in thinking, oh, we have, like, the number one, we're going to get Wiggins, we're going to have, like, a decent young core around me that's going to be cheap, so we might be able to sign another stud, and then I can be the dog. And now he's, like, he's looking at the team, you're paying Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and J.R. Smith a crap load of money for the next, like, two years. So At least. three years, three years. Like, give me a break, man. Like, you don't want that team. Like, especially if you think LeBron is leaving. On PTI on Friday, um, I still listen to the podcast. I don't watch it because I'm never home at 5.30 p.m. But on PTI on the podcast on Friday, Pablo Torre of ESPN, who's one of the few good journalists that's still there, he mentioned on the show they did like a profile of Kyrie early in his career. in regard, And he was kind of mentioning – because LeBron was in Miami, and like everyone's like, all right, how are we going to build a team to beat Miami? And Golden State hadn't really been a thing yet. But when Pablo Torre was talking to him, and he asked Kyrie about your thoughts on, you know, what are about you know joining a super team to win a title, yada yada, and and he said Irving basically made the comment something to the effect of, 
well, if a super game's going to happen, people got to join me. With the subtext of like, okay, I'm the alpha dog, and then like everything else is going to be around me. Now, granted, he was only like 19 or 20 when it happened, and like, all right, he's young, stupid, and brash, and egotistical, which are, I think he even said his arrogance and his aura are a couple of words that he used himself to describe about like, you know, how he came off and like how he had to quote unquote calm that down. Um, but I think that does speak a lot to how he views himself and the fact that he's chafing under one of the three greatest players to play the game. Yeah, I think that speaks enough. Like, okay. I want my own team now. Like, how has that worked out for the rest of the NBA? How did it work when you had your own team and yeah. your team was terrible? They were a lottery team so, yeah, when you but, had oh, your own team. I think Alonzo G was getting a ton of minutes during those runs. So, I mean, they also had, like, dirt around him at the time. I would be really interested to see what, what he does here. Um, if if he goes to, like, a reasonable situation. Like, he could, if if he does end up in Minnesota, he could... He could definitely be the alpha dog scorer. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's definitely not. But, like, the teams that he's mentioned, like, if he went to the Spurs, he would actually be a great fit for the Spurs. I think he would actually have. Well, well, they don't have an alpha dog because Kawhi's not an alpha dog. Kawhi is an MVP candidate. So it doesn't mean he's an alpha dog. By all measures, he's kind of a. He's just really freaking good, and he's better than Kyrie. Yeah, he's better Kawhi. than Kyrie, but he's not going to get the stud treatment. And Kawhi is very humble. Kawhi doesn't like right. care. He's not going to yeah. like demand it. Right now, culturally, I don't think Kyrie will fit there. Not but. at all. That's my thought. Not at all. He doesn't fit there at all. Like it's just I, you're talking about a team that was years ahead of everyone else in terms of pace and space and ball movement. And I think those two are like the antithesis of Kyrie's game. He's give me the ball and get the fuck out of the way. Oh, so he's the Knicks. This is exactly Stefan Marbury. Then. Exactly. I, I keep going <laughs> back to that, right? And I find it even more ironic that the Knicks were on his list. And I, and I said it you know, when we were talking about this in group me the other day. And I'm like, the Knicks make the most sense to me. Number one, he's from the Jersey area, right? Where, you don't have to divulge this because we're recording. But, like, Neil, don't you live near the Elizabethtown area-ish? Yeah, I think so. Right? Like, Probably. So he's from there, yeah. so basically he's a short commute from New York City because that's where he went to high school, essentially, right? In that general vicinity. So, one, he's there. Two, they have a team that's kind of got an alpha dog in Kristaps, but like he's not really an alpha dog, even though he's one of the most gifted players in the NBA. But New York is just crazy enough to do this and be like, all right, let's put him here. Let's take a one ball hog in Carmelo, get rid of him, and then bring in another ball hog who's younger and because that's definitely going to work. I think they're stupid enough to do that. And they've already basically publicly said, like, hey, if you want Melo and French Frank, uh, we'll give them to you. Like, it just it makes the most sense. Uh, Windhorse, who's as plugged in as I've said as anyone, they've, he's said, like, look, if they, I think they would even go Carmelo, French Frank, and a pick. What more are you really asking for? What, let me rephrase that. What more can you get if you're Cleveland? I think that's, I think that's about it. You can get though. You can out. get a ton of stuff for Kyrie though. He's young. He's a stud. Oh. I mean, you can build around like in he's, theory he's, like, you can. Good. But like, look at how every single trade of a player you're getting thirty three cents to the dollar. Like every single one. Look, I mean, I know this is a bad example, but look what Paul George got traded for. I know it's a terrible example because Kevin Pritchard. By the way, quick aside, Kevin Pritchard's or the Paul George trade. I feel like if Paul George leaves. 
that is going to be good enough for like a 30 for 30 what if. Like all the dominoes that are going to fall as a result. We'll get back to that in, in a couple of minutes. But He was he was lined up for Cleveland. Yeah, was, he was. Did you read the story? He was lined up. The wind horse. It was like a Shelburne. text message or something. Yep. No, it was done. It was it done. Was, like it was 99.8% done. And Pritchard Dan Gilbert was like scheduling the press conference. Yes, yeah, and Pritchard and changed his mind. He changed his mind because he went. He got an offer from Oklahoma City and went. Hmm, I don't have to ch- trade him to a conference uh, team. I-, I think I'll do this. That's all he wanted was to get him out of the conference. What an exactly. idiot! What an idiot! He didn't even care about his own job preservation. He's like, I just want to screw Paul George over. That's it. That's all it came down to. Uh, yeah, that was. Unbelievable! Like, back did, to- did you guys hear that Kyrie wanted to go to the Bulls before the Jimmy Butler trade? Yes, that was, that was the other serious? one. Serious? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Really I did not hear that Chicago. one. That was there, and like oh. apparently him and Butler are tight, which yeah, is another reason why he wants to. That's go That's why he wants to go to Minnesota. Plus, he wants to play. For so, kids. like, the only way that he goes to Minnesota is Andrew Wiggins has to be in the deal. How funny would that be? Andrew Wiggins. That's what back I'm saying. That'd be totally <laughs> comical. <laughs> The, I think it would have to be a combination little... of Wiggins and Teague. That's, I think, what the, the... They can't do it. Teague's contract's too right. damn expensive. So That's like why they signed Derrick Rose. What up? Oh, my God. They, they didn't sign him yet, did they? <laughs> yeah, they it basically agreed. They They've agreed, agreed, but it was like veterans it's, minimum. It's a done deal. $2.1 million for a year. Veterans minimum. Can't believe it. <laughs> Derek. Did they still have um, oh, Darren Williams? Darren Williams is black hair paint. I yeah. don't think so. So is he the Darren Williams uh, replacement? Yeah, basically. Oh, gross. The Darren Williams and Mo Williams replacement. Because that position's just been a factory of sadness so far. Yep. You got Jose Calderon too. Oh, In you that. <laughs> so back to Irving. So all that we, we we talked about all the trades. The hot name was Eric Bledsoe because he's under the same, um, what is it, agency group as LeBron, Clutch, Clutch Clutch with a K. Um, I I don't know how much, because I think Phoenix was saying, like, we're not including Devin Booker in the deal. I don't think they're including Josh Jackson in the deal. So it's like, I don't really know if that's a... The only way it makes sense is if Devin Booker is in the deal. Then it looks really good. Now, the counter argument or the counter for Phoenix would be, well, we'll give you Josh Jackson. That's the only other like semi-relevant player they could put in it. I don't know if you can have Irving and Devin Booker in the same backcourt. Which is why when I was playing with trades on Friday, I was like, you have to send back Devin Booker. Like, you have to. But Devin Booker's too good. Devin Booker's like, good. I'm really not, freaking good. Dig like him, but like, you've got two chuckers then. And I guess that could work. You basically have like another version of Portland there. But like... No, you want... Just keep the cheap... Cheap chucker. Exactly. You want the cheaper one. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of him. He's too good. Can we just talk about how like Kyrie Irving is only good in the situation that he's in. Can we talk like, about the fact that else. LeBron wasn't on the floor? Kyrie Irving was not good. So the team was minus one twenty with LeBron and on the bench and Kyrie out there on the floor. They were minus one twenty. They're terrible without they were O and eight in games that um, LeBron didn't play and Kyrie Irving did play. I'm like, and you want to run a team? Like, he's he's a hucker. His he has to have the ball. He has to just shoot up guard. He he had his highest um, 
shot attempts this season because like literally uh, David Griffin's like, Ron, you got to like pass the ball to Kyrie because like, you know, he's a bitch and he needs the ball all the time. (laughs) And so he was like that mediator. And then stupid ass Dan Gilbert decided, oh, I have, you know, a competent GM and I'm just going to, you know, piss him off and tell him to go screw himself even though he's doing all these things that I have no clue that he's doing, you know, he's like whispering to Kyrie, he's whispering to LeBron, he's getting all this stuff to mix and he just lets him walk, lets him go. And now he doesn't have like that, that in there. And then Kyrie, next thing you know, Kyrie's asking for a trade, but Kyrie totally needs LeBron. He fits perfectly with LeBron. I think LeBron needs somebody to score the damn basket. And Kyrie needs somebody to get him the damn ball. Well, Kyrie needs somebody to be the grown-up on the team, more importantly. I think yeah. that's just what it really is. Like, he just needs somebody to be a, the grown-up. Like, let's take San Antonio for an example. Let's go back there. Kawhi Leonard doesn't say 10 words all year. So who's going to be the grown-up on that team? And number two, which is why when he initially said this, I'm like, there's no way it's going to happen. Kyrie doesn't play a goddamn lick of defense. Not one Dear. lick of defense. Yeah, he's not going – imagine him under Tibbs. I, that's what exactly. I think would be that's so the, funny. That's the thing I keep coming back to. Like, you want to go play for Tibbs? Like, Tibbs is fine, as we've said before, winning a game 9-3. to three. And you want to go play for Tibbs? You think Tibbs is going to be okay with you hucking up all those shots? You want to go play in a situation where you're taking even more possessions out of Carl Anthony Towns' hands? Like, I, I, if I'm Minnesota, I'm like, nah, you can keep him. I'm completely biased, but like, no, I don't think this fits into what I'm trying to do here. Hey guys, it's Rajan. So if you're enjoying today's NBA podcast, please do me a favor and go check out a couple of other podcasts who are kind enough to sponsor this discussion we're having today. The first sponsor is called the Your Weekly Top 6 Podcast. With the goal of engendering discussion and discourse amongst the population, your weekly top six features strong-minded and bullheaded friends Michael Tochi and Adam Lees offering their top six choices on topics spanning the entire spectrum that is the experience of life. Listen as they berate each other and tackle, tackle topics ranging from guilty pleasures, convenience store candy, senior crushes, TV theme songs, and anything else in between while inviting you to offer your own commentary. Their hope is that it serves to foster debate between you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your estranged relatives, and even future enemies. You can find their Your Weekly Top 6 podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store, so make sure you go check them out because you deserve a little more. And the second podcast I want you to go check out is called The Healthy Lifestyle Show. Visit www.healthylifestylepodcast and subscribe to the Healthy Lifestyle Podcast to learn more about creating a balanced diet that can boost your energy levels and improve your overall health. And now, back to the NBA podcast. I don't think it fits in San Antonio. I, I keep, I've said it a hundred times so far, like I keep coming back to the Knicks. I'm like, it makes sense because they're just dumb enough to oh. do it. It sells tickets for them. They've done it once before with Starberry. Like, I, I, I think, don't think they love. I, I do think French Frank was a was a Phil Jackson pick, and look how that you know, it was. It was. He was, the, a, he was a guy that could play the triangle, and then they got rid of Phil. I think the best trade partner, which is the one trade partner that won't work, is Boston, because they Boston could say, "Here's Isaiah, here's Jay Crowder, and here is a thing. Either it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown." Or not the Brooklyn pick, but any other pick that we have. If in the hypothetical world that where that was a thing, if Boston came to them and said, Crowder, I'm not putting 
Yeah, let's just for the sake of no, argument. No, it has to be Isaiah. Let's see, cause, because yeah, Isaiah is a total swap. Like they're the same player, they're right? The same player, just six inches of difference. That's about it. Yeah, they're the same yeah. player. So you Mike say wave offense, no defense. Dude, you would much rather have Irving than Isaiah Thomas. Oh, Please yeah. tell me that, right? I would, but yes. if I had to take a consolation prize and get other things to address uh, my terrible depth, uh, this is what I would consider. I'm saying right now, if you're Cleveland and you would go to Boston, if they're never going to trade with each other, but if that was a thing, you would say Isaiah Crowder and the Lakers pick and the Celtics pick at least. If they're not going to give up Brooklyn's pick, fine. Then give me the Lakers pick and then the, and Boston's pick because Boston has three next year, two firsts and those two players. I think that's fair. Who says no to that deal? I think Cleveland says no to that deal, actually. But, but that's because I don't think. I think yeah. I, I think LeBron says no. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. If I'm LeBron, I'm saying, look, and I'm like, I don't want Isaiah Thomas back because because <laughs> he's terrible. Because Isaiah Thomas is like, even more <laughs> even more of a defensive liability than Kyrie Irving is. He's shorter than you. Yes, he actually <laughs> is shorter than I am. He is. He's five foot six. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimately. But you want to know what he does on defense? He fucking tries. Just probably throws an elbow Kyrie. that you don't see every every so often. Kyrie doesn't even try. Kyrie tries in the playoffs. <laughs> That's another thing. So Kyrie is another playoff guy. He's almost like, and I don't want to use the same two, the two of them in the same sentence, but he's kind of like Rondo. He's only going to play when the lights are on. But other than that, he's like, whatever, I don't care. But he still thinks he's awesome. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because, like, in some cases, like I think it was Avery Bradley came out and said, like he's the league, he's the toughest player in the league to defend. You talk about Kyrie Irving, right? I still get the designation of LeBron James, but Avery Bradley said that he's the league's toughest player to defend because he's a quicks and the handles and you know his shooting. You don't ability. give that to Kevin Durant. Well, Avery Bradley only guards guards. Exactly, he doesn't guard forwards. So oh, there's right. your, your point of reference. So um, would you? But if you had a pick, sorry, I'm going off on a no, tangent though, like. LeBron or KD? I mean, for hardest to defend. LeBron. KD. KD. I still give it to LeBron. KD. He's 6'8 and 260 pounds. He can do everything on the court. Yeah, well, KD has way more range. Yeah, he's a seven-foot sharpshooter. I get it. I'm not taking away from Durant. Guard a seven-footer who can shoot from 40 feet out. Shoot from anywhere. You're guarding the most gifted defensive end in the world, play after play after play, who can do anything on the court. And a very good We're not worried about the passing. We're, we're just worrying about a scoring opportunity. If it's a scoring opportunity, it's Kevin Durant. LeBron could go out into a football field right now and run a 4-6-40. You try getting in front of that. <laughs> this is basketball. <laughs> right before he yeah, drives. He's going to get a he's yeah, gonna get can, charge. Get a charge. Get a charge. Get a charge. And, Break and your neck. Break your neck, but I got a charge, baby. I Katie will just stop in on front the of that man. KD will just stop on the dime and put up a three. I'll stop oh, up like, from like 18 did, foot and put up, like he, put up like a jump ring. Oh, that was an amazing shot. Amazing. Yes, it was. Even the daggers he was hitting in game five, Durant was. They were just like, every time you thought like Cleveland might try to turn the tides, like, nope, game over. Not, no chance. Like, he put that away. It was great to watch from both a anti-Cavaliers perspective as well as a basketball perspective. 
I know, like, just speaking of, like, anti-Cavs, how glorious has this situation been? Just in, in just all of its glory, just, like, seeing how they are, like, imploding everywhere. This like, would be any worse. All of the what-ifs. Like, did you see the what-ifs? Like, if they had known, they could have signed George and Chris Paul, uh, you know, to and, and gotten rid of Love and, and uh, Kyrie. Like, they could have done all that if they had just known all this stuff sooner. If Kevin Pritchard, so finishing that thought from earlier, if Kevin Pritchard doesn't back out at the 11th hour and the 59th minute, you now have Paul George. You've dumped Kevin Love, who is the albatross of the team. I don't think Kyrie comes out and says, I want to leave if Paul George comes here. Because he's like, look, we legitimately have a chance to go and beat Golden State and make history. So at least for one season, you have a grace period where Kyrie comes out. Kyrie is like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one more shot. Let's take our chance at Golden State. You have Paul George there. Paul George could potentially re-sign saying, I'm going to play with LeBron. LeBron could potentially re-sign saying, fine, I'll stay in Cleveland because this is where I'm from, whatever, L.A. notwithstanding. And then the Cleveland still owns the East for the next three to four years, Right. Easy. All of that's gone. All of it's gone because Pritchard pulled out the last second. Now you have to assume Irving is going to get dealt. You have to assume LeBron's going to leave. You have to assume they're going to go ahead and, and trade Kevin Love for 20 cents on the dollar so they could go and get their whatever assets they can get out of him. It's going to be a ham sandwich at this point. But whatever they can get for him, they're going to have to trade him, right? They'll get, they'll get Carmelo for Kevin Love. I mean, I think they should get Carmelo for no, Kevin Love. Yeah, it'll be Kyrie for Carmelo. No, that's way too much. That's what they'll do, though. No, they're going to do some garbage three-team trade with Phoenix, and uh, Car- Carmelo will end up in Cleveland. Yeah, I think could, I still think Cleveland, New York, can do with it. Eric Bledsoe. Regardless. And then, you know, Denver was a thing, according to the, the Windhorse and Shelburne story today. And uh, what was his name? David so, Meneman. So, like, you, that was a thing. Do you think that uh, instead of Kevin Love, they had Paul George, they would have beaten the Warriors? No. No way. Paul George is not going to take – they lose by they lose by less? I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't – I'll go that uh, far. They'll lose by less. <laughs> Paul George I don't think is, Kevin – Kevin Love's not that bad. Kevin Love's He's, still a very good basketball player. Kevin That's Love what's... is a good basketball player in a bad situation. I think Kevin Love is a... I'm not going to disagree at all that Kevin Love is a good basketball player. I think Kevin Love's in a terrible situation right now. You want to know what's going to happen? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. That's probably true. They're going. No, it's absolutely going to be true because none of every, every bullshit trade that I see doesn't make sense. For, because the best thing... For Cleveland is Kyrie in Cleveland. He fits the best in Cleveland. How can he stay there now after they'll just they'll just buckets. cram it. I was gonna say winning cures everything, and when they're you know ten games ahead of everyone else in the East, it'll be fine. What if what if did, like they're did asking Kobe every get single to the press Bulls? conference? Every single press conference is gonna be a question about like, do you still want to be traded? Do you still want to be traded? Which how's your relationship with LeBron? So that. I was actually going to say that is another interesting storyline, which I think is going to manifest itself a lot more this fall. Because every single press conference is LeBron, you going to LA next year? LeBron, you going to LA? Are you going to go to LA? You going to stay in Cleveland? You going to go to LA? Every single stop of stuff and shut it down. They just won't have press conferences. 
They got all LeBron's unavailable. Shut down LeBron. LeBron is the oh, face they can. of the NBA. I don't think they're they going to do that. Dan Gilbert's crazy. He can do whatever he wants. He is, no one's denying he's crazy. I don't think he can shut down LeBron. They're not going to gag order LeBron. He's the last person in the NBA. They'll gag order Adam Silver before they'll gag order LeBron. All right. They'll gag order Kyrie, though. Probably. LeBron Kyrie even... fits the best in Cleveland. Nothing that they can get in return helps them do anything it just makes them worse every trade scenario i see it just makes them worse so i think they're just gonna they're just gonna sit back and they're just gonna be like well you know we explored options nothing really you know helped the team we really feel that this is the best option for us moving forward some garbage that's what they're gonna put out and they're gonna try and run it back i think he's gone I don't know how you can keep him around after this. It, j- it doesn't make any sense. Well, the thing is, LeBron and Kyrie aren't exactly tight. This isn't LeBron and Tristan Thompson. They haven't or, been tight or, for three or, years, or but you, they still made it work. Right, as long as one of them wasn't publicly airing his dirty laundry out or alleging reports that LeBron leaked all of this. Like yeah, that was awesome that was such a great rep- oh i fucking love the drama the drama is so right? fun this is some serious <laughs> catty shit going on right kobe now. Like, oh. hated shaq for eight years and they kept it together kobe hated shaq yes well no kobe started really hating shaq right around 99 2000 after they won the first title because shaq would come in fat and kobe was an you know insane workaholic and in the in the jordan mold i'm not comparing the two but in the jordan mold and like shaq would come into camp fat every year and it drove kobe nuts and shaq and kept, still win mvps and still win mvps still get the adoration of the fans yada yada that's what really drove him nuts it wasn't necessarily a clash thing and it wasn't I mean, yes, Kobe eventually wanted his own team and probably still thought he was the best guy on the floor in every single situation and eventually got it, even though he, even after pushing Phil out the door. But of that team dismantled. So I guess the Harbinger is there for Cleveland to be dismantled. I just, I, I don't see LeBron staying, is my thing. I, I, I don't see how that can happen. I think there's enough blood in the water that there's just, you can't do it anymore. He will always have 2015, whenever 16, whenever they won the, 16, when they won the title. I just don't see how he stays, because there's a more viable situation where LeBron leaves and Cleveland's like, "Oh, hey, Kyrie, you want the team now?" Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. Uh, I, I think LeBron could stay if they just decided to like somehow sign. Somebody that's worth signing. Like I don't think I. Don't, I honestly don't know if LeBron wants to play with Melo, and I don't think he would want to play with Chris Paul. I think he wants like young studs. He needs like a young a young group of guys to play with. No I, banana boat. No, once Paul went to to Houston, the banana boat dream was dead. But the banana boat was like for a hot second, it was a thing. But no, I don't think the banana boat's going to happen. I don't know. I I. I some I I fifty fifty agree and disagree with what Neil just said. Like I in a, in a practical, am I going to be competitive sense? I completely agree with you. In a I'm LeBron, I want to play with my friends. I, I totally disagree. I think if Carmelo were to find his way there, I don't think LeBron would look the other way. I, he wouldn't. He wouldn't hate it. But I think like. So let me ask it from this perspective. So when the trade, all this shit went down, and everyone 
was asking like LeBron, you know, or they're they're saying like, what's LeBron going to feel about this? And LeBron went to the front office and was like, I'm not getting involved in the trade talk. You figure it out. Is that LeBron basically saying like, I'm not even going to be here next year. So what the fuck do I care? Or just being like, you know, this is the front office's job because I don't ever think he cares about what the front office's job is. I think David Griffin was basically charged with doing whatever LeBron wants. I think that he had to say that because he doesn't want the uh, perception that he's running that team. Uh, he, like, who's just like he probably will try to go recruit people. I mean, apparently he was talking to Derrick Rose. I'm sure that and Jimmy Butler. He, yeah, I'm sure he was, man. He was definitely talking to Jimmy. Like, so that's the thing I was going to ask is like, if you're LeBron, would you rather play with Melo or would you rather play with Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. Of exactly. Course, Jimmy exactly. So that is like, that's the kind of guys that he wants. And that's what I think would require, like, end in his commitment to Cleveland. If they were able to sign a guy like Jimmy Butler, I think he wouldn't be leaving. I don't, I don't see like how. Anybody, though. They're in cap hell. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They would have had a trade. Like, they would have had a trade, right? They would have had to get rid of Kevin Love, who for some reason they hate. I don't know. They're they're in cap hell because of Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith right now. I was going to say J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, stupid contract. Your friend Kyle Korver, like all those deals. Because they're kind of just Korver's excellent in the playoffs. Womp womp womp. <laughs> just duct taping the Titanic together. Did you see that the Spurs gave Gasol forty eight mil for three years? What? Wow. Yeah, wow. I saw they re-signed Gasol. I didn't realize that was the contract. Yeah, it was insane. I, yeah, it, it's... What's he going to be, like 43? <laughs> he may be. Dude's, dude's going to be old. I don't know why they gave him that much. I don't... like. They were, supposed, they were supposed to do less money. Wouldn't like, you to, give, like, Nene that contract? Like, not Nene. Wouldn't Nene you rather have... Nene got a great contract. Nene he, got a great contract. Wouldn't you rather have him than Pal Gasol? I would. I'd have skinny Nene, not fat Nene. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd just, have last season's Nene. Not Nene, Nene bothers in me in many ways, so I can't really say I'd like yeah, Nene. Take a number. I, but then again, I, I'd rather have cheap. Pagasol is worse than a folding chair on defense, yep. so it's hard to say. I would rather have cheap. Yeah, when in doubt, just go with cheap. Works for me. So Pagasol is 37 right now. He's born in 1980. Pagasol's older than we are. Christ. Yeah. That and guy's he gave ancient. him a three-year deal. So he's going to be 40. 40. And they're still going to win 50 games. That's San Antonio. <laughs> Easy, easily, right? easily. I yeah. mean, they'll probably lose in the second round, but they're still going to win 50 games. But they're also paying a lot of money for a position that nobody cares about. They'll find a way. They you get you you have to give the Spurs that much credit at this point. Like they'll they'll just find a way. That's how long does Pop keep coaching? I think it's got to be less than three years. It's yeah, I, he can't do. I, I can't see him past two thousand twenty. I can't. Yeah, I can't believe Gino Beely, uh signed again. I mean they they're just like really trying to ride out some old old dogs. They really point. are. I think Pop eventually moves into the next phase. Like I think he might either push out R.C. Buford or work with R.C. Buford or become R.C.'s boss and kind of do the Phil Jackson route minus the complete certified catastrophe and falling asleep in workouts. Like I think that's the next phase or the Pat Riley phase. Like That's where he's going to go next. But no, he can't be behind the bench for much longer. And they'll bring back one of their old good assistants that they had. Would, uh, would they have the... 
not to say foreign, but they have the foreign guy who's been on their bench for so long that uh, I think it's a Tori Messina, one of the coaches. So, like they'll probably just groom him and be like, "Yo, do your thing." They're grooming Becky Hammond. Yeah, they're grooming her too. Yeah, I mean, she's apparently not a bad coach. So, and they they can make some news. First female head coach. And if there's a culture and a system that'll work, it's one of those. That's the best situation to come into. Absolutely. It's amazing. I mean, I get it. You know, billionaire owners or mil- hundred millionaires or billionaires are, are all megalomaniacs at the end of the day. But it's like you can't see that organizations with a culture and a system and the proper leadership structure, they work. And then you've got fucking Dan Gilbert and Dan Snyder on the other end of the spectrum being like, yeah, let's just make shit up and hope to see what happens from there. Oh. Don't forget the Bulls. Don't forget the Bulls. I don't know but your yeah. boy. I think Reinsdorf is bad. Did the Reinsdorf still own the team? Yep. Okay. So the Reinsdorfs have always been bad. Reinsdorf's always been a dick. Jordan's hated the Jordan's hated Reinsdorf. Was it the That's Reinsdorf? He cared more, it's because he cared more about the White Sox than he hated the Bulls. Was it the Reinsdorfs he hated the Krauses or both of them? He hated both of them, oh. but I think he hated Kraus more. Yeah. Because Kraus was the one who kept talking about Tony Kukoc. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yes. that poor guy. <laughs> They ended his career. I was going to say, it's sad when your teammate ruins your career. Oh. <laughs> that that dream team game against Croatia was just fantastic. Oh my god, they were just like, I just want to guard Kukoc. <laughs> it's like hanging a neck around a dummy's neck and ha- sicking two angry pit bulls at him. Like, have at it. Um, yeah, so we can't forget Chicago. Uh, but I think your bigger problem is car packs. Like, you're, you you literally have. The Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn of GMs on that team. Wow, I never, I never made that analogy, but now I can't unsee it. <laughs> so, yep, we're, we're gonna have to get some Photoshop experts to put them in the Dumb and Dumber suits now. Uh, we got Ernie Grunfeld, who, like I said, just looks like a colossal like. I don't know. I just imagine gr- grimace from McDonald's every time I think of Ernie Grunfeld. <laughs> He at least locked up John Wall. I mean, instead of He's trading Ted's money. instead of trading him for like pennies on the dollar, man. Like Chris Dunn and Laurie Markinen. Give me a freaking oh, and, and a dude coming off a torn AC. Come on, Jesus. You know, you know who Laurie Markinen is. Um, so I kind of came to this conclusion during summer league. Not the summer league is a great indicator of anything, but Laurie Markinen is a shooter who can't shoot. Oh, great. So we have Jan Vesely. Yeah, we. Yeah. We, oh, no. Come no, on. No, Jan Vesely can only please jump. Don't, please don't be Jan Vesely. Uh, if Giannis ne- is terrible. If Giannis never developed and suddenly developed like a big crystal meth addiction, he'd be Jan Vesely. So we have Ice Cold J.R. Smith. White. Is that, is that white ice? <laughs> <laughs> ice Cold Vanilla J.R. Smith. You have, right. you have Ryan Anderson who can't shoot. How's that? Oh God, hurt me now. Or Dan is he is Dan Marley? Is he closer to Dan Marley or a Kyle Corver who can't shoot? No, he's taller than neither of them. So maybe Kyle. I think it's more is Kyle. he a Dirk? Is he a Dirk that can't hit the hit the shot? No, because he's not the, quite seven foot, right? I don't know. Mark Markin's tall. I think he's tall. He's close. Like close everybody to wants to compare him to Dirk, and then everybody steps back and That's goes, no, true. he's no. not and even like, close. No, Dirk is so good. He's yeah. so good. <laughs> Dirk now is is like might be Still, better than Markinen. So ceiling. Dirk now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh come on, no one would say I want Markinen over Dirk now. No one. 
I know no, that Laurie Markkinen's parents would want Laurie Markkinen over Dirk right now if they, had, if they had to play a basketball game with their life dependent on it. No chance. No. I totally take Dirk. Uh, sigh. All right. We'll end it there. Thank you, everyone's listening has made it this far into the podcast. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes. I would tell you to like us on SoundCloud, but I don't know how much longer SoundCloud's going to exist, and I'm going to have to find a new platform for my pod, my podcast. <laughs> Until then, thank you for listening. Please make sure to leave us some feedback wherever you might be subscribing to this podcast. And until then, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.